0: Mm-hmm. I keep touching your stomach. Are you guys touching your stomach? We're you listening to this touching episode. Touch your stomach, Ch- chunk, 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 rub chunk. it, and say, I'm going to give you more fiber. That's I, what I'll it give you more fiber. Okay, let's talk about cooking. You're listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. Up, everyone! Welcome to the Dude Nature Podcast. We are here, hot in the reactor, as usual. It is another rainy day in Portland, Oregon. Guess what? It's Portlanditis up in here. Guess what? It's Portland. It's, it's raining. Portlandians. It's Portland. Can you turn my headphones sounds... down? Oh, absolutely. absolutely! I can turn you down. Thank touch. you very much. Hey, guys! Thanks so much for listening. We're glad you're back here with us. Welcome home, guys, girls, ladies, guys, men, nice. giraffes, orangutans. Listening to this, we have one new five-star review. But unfortunately, it's without a note, so I cannot but Th- thank you for the note, but thank you very much for Whoever the review. you are, mystery superhero reviewer. Thanks. Mystery superhero reviewer. If you listen to multiple episodes of this podcast and it's given you joy in this time of human darkness, it greatly helps us if you would leave a review on iTunes. Thank the you. The link is in the show notes. Guys. Adam. Talk- uh, yes. Gripes. Talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me. Well, that's, uh, that's a good song. It's great song. I haven't song. listened to that in a while. Who sings that? That's like a Starbucks. That's a Starbucks classic. Yeah, that's right up there with Nora Jones on the Starbucks, the Starbucks album. Gripes. Alanis Morissette, Nora Jones, Sarah McLachlan. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the Starbucks be a Christmas great album. Categories as a drinking game. Yeah, so St- Starbucks, Starbucks movie artists. albums. John um, Coltrane made his way. I think all the Starbucks respect album. to those artists who just you know fucking made it big. Okay, if you're on a Starbucks album, good things have happened. Absolutely, you've right? got a lot of money. Uh, my gripe today is I would like a section of the newspaper. The New York Times or the Washington Post. Okay. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with this. I think you, I think you know. What um, I mean. You know, there's a lot of bad stuff going on, right? We all know what's happening. And I understand that publications need to report the truth. Like, I am totally down with that. And I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Right? We need to expose the darkness, bring the light into it, write about the shit that's happening so people can, can read it. It's very important. However, do we need, like, the front page saying Ethiopian civil war? Coronavirus, United States political circus, and like record rates of depression at the same time. Is that the front page right now? Are you That was the front page two days ago when I made this gripe. So do we need that all at the same time? Okay. How about we have a little section that's just called something nice? Or Uh it has like a little emoji of a puppy on it and you can just click on it. For example, in that section, there might live... A man who saves abandoned puppies. That would be a story in that section. Right, right, right. Why can't we have just a little or, section of positive? Right, it's like a little puppy emoji you click on. Or a woman who grows trees in abandoned alleys. I know that you. section. I had to stop reading the New York Times. I I, I switched on to the New York Times to like track Corona and everything, and I had to stop reading because it's just so it's so depressing. They don't mention anything positive at all. Right. I mean. It's tough. What's the point of thinking that negatively? It really, it does. What I started to realize is that it really does affect me very badly if I read that every day. And when you go about your daily life, you don't want to be thinking that negatively about everything. I mean, no. what's the point? We're, we're all here to live, right? We're all living. That's the point of life is to live. So why do we need to be just drowning in negativity? I would love a positive help. section. New York Times positive section. Yeah. Just like a tiny little bit. That's my give great. us a little light in the I'm darkness. Not, I'm not saying don't reveal the truth because I want I want that to happen I'm just saying have a section that has a puppy emoji on it that people can click on and then uh, read all the cool stories that are happening in the world what's your gripe um, my gripe is books with the author and I'm speaking about a very specific book that you probably know about okay my book my gripe is books that the author puts his face his huge face on the front and also on the back I'm talking specifically about the Edward the Edward Snowden book that just came out in 2019. But you're talking okay. about books in general that have the author's unironic, un- un- unironic face un- on the front and like, back. The author couldn't figure out, like, couldn't just give it to an artist to make a really cool-ass title, right? Instead, in, or a cool-ass cover. Instead, they just put their face on it. Okay, I know people are like, you put your face on the cover art of uh, Dude Nature. Okay, I know. It's a little hypocritical. Both faces. Okay, both faces. But when the author just puts his face on the front and back. So the Edward Snowden book, permanent, called Permanent Record that just came out. Um, if you don't know who Edward Snowden is, he's the dude who like leaked NSA and CIA secrets, and then is now in exile in Russia. Mm-hmm. He just came out with a book. Instead of having like a cool like eye watching everyone, which is his thing that the government is peering into everyone's lives, he has just his face on the front and the back. So you are not with that. You are not with authors that do the. I am not. I am not with that at all. Like do something cool. Also, I can't put it on my bedside because this is a dude staring at me. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. A little uncomfortable. Number two, the number two thing about about this book. But I get what he's going for, though. There, I get it. I no, I fucking okay, I fucking get it. Like like permanent record, like all your pictures no, are he's, permanently. recorded. He's record going for recorded. like a profile. It's like a profile picture, right? See, I actually think that he's going for pictures, like all the pictures you put online. They are permanently recorded in the government. But That's the, the show secrets you. that he revealed are that everyone in the U.S. is being profiled um against their wishes and that's like his profile and that's like his profile no, I get bank. it i get it i don't i don't like it i also hate this is the other thing i hate too when when like a a book like that a non starts off with i wish i didn't have to write this hold on, hold on let me just say just don't play the music don't come out when they say when they say i wish i didn't have to write this because it's just it's ridiculous to me like why would he of course he wanted to write it this is his chance to like clear his name and tell his story also to make some money I just I hate that. I wish I didn't have to write it. Well, you you wrote it. You just wrote it. Okay. Hey. No. Yep. It's time to play our game. Let's play a little game. Let's do it. Never yeah, fucking snowden. Is it possible to do a body transplant with something other than a kidney? Um yeah I would have to say yes are we there yet I think we're there yet in technology i I forget which episode it is but you can retransplant body parts to grow back like limbs as well we can do that now yeah I, f- I forget what episode bad internal linking but it's somewhere in our archives listener you're gonna have to go through the archives to oh, find that oh one. it's the um planaria it's the planaria, it's gotta be planaria it's a, yeah what's a planaria Planaria is a little organism that if you cut into as many pieces as you can, and I think that the record's 122. Yeah. If you cut one organism into 122, it will grow back 122 little organisms. So you can make 122 planaria from one planaria. Yeah, yeah, And planaria's genes are almost the exact same as humans, like the genetic code. Yeah. So basically, we should be able to regrow shit. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Listen to the planaria episode to get more on that. That's a fucking banger. I would say so. Um so yeah, so so my answer would be yes, we can regrow shit. Okay. Let me talk to you about fecal microbiota transplants. What do you think that is just from okay, the way it's fecal? It sounds. So that's poo. That is poop. Okay. It's a treatment that date backs dates back over a thousand years to Chinese practitioners and was first published as a modern therapeutic invention in nineteen fifty eight. We still use this. It is the not only do we still use this, it is now it's now in, uh, a very encouraged process. Fecal. Uh, a fecal sample, Noah. From so yeah. a healthy individual, is transplanted into the gut via enema. Means through your butt. Have you ever gotten an enema? It goes up your butt. I feel like I need an enema sometimes. God. <laughs> to flush out? Yeah. Okay, so the fecal the fecal transplant goes up the butt. Um, and in 2012, a team of microbiologists, clinicians, and public health professionals from MIT established a nonprofit organization to collect and store fecal samples for more fecal Wait, microbiota they, transplants. Why? Why do they do this? It's to... Create a positive biome in your gut. From Where do they poop. get the fecal from? From donors, donors who have great guts. So, so it's people that that have really good guts. It's their poo. Yeah. So the reason I brought this up is because it, I, uh, it sounds disgusting, but I don't know. I would love some good bacteria from Hold a on. good, healthy Hold gut on. inside I, of my. So, so they, digestion. they, they, take someone else's poo. They take someone else's that poo. has a good gut microbiome. Yes, and they, they stuff it. They shoot it back in. They. Insert it through your anus Through the highway Through the highway Into your gut And then it, and then the bacteria It helps them, the ecosystem in there I get it Isn't that awesome? Yeah I can't believe we've been doing it Since 1958 So so to, the 2012 Now they're making like a So now they have basically A database of fecal samples From pe- from Gentiles With really good guts There's obviously no Jewish people In that database Jewish people are the ones getting We're the one getting the samples Yeah For the gut And that brings us To our topic Noah Guys <laughs> I love it. Hey, thank you, Sweet Teriyaki Boy, for recommending this topic. By the way, thank you, Sweet okay, appreciate Teriyaki appreciate it, man. Boy. This one's for you. Okay, this to- the topic today is human microbiome. Basically, all the little critters that live on you or inside of you, and there's a shit ton of them inside of you. It's inside of you. Inside okay. So we're gonna you. we're gonna first we picked the um we picked the four main areas of the body where there's a bunch of them. There's obviously a lot more, but we're gonna stick to the four. Okay. So we're going to talk first about the gut, then the mouth, then the skin, then we're going to talk about sexual organs, and then we're going to end with the future of microbe research and where we're headed to. Fecal microbiota Mm -hmm. transplant. Adam, begins that don't suck. 60 seconds to tell us the history of human microbiome. Absolutely. Ready? Uh, No. What if I told you there was a ship with millions of organisms crawling all over it? Would you want to get on that ship? He shakes his head. No. I probably. What if that ship was your body? Right. The skin, the mammary glands, the placenta, the seminal fluid, the uterus, the lung, the saliva, all these things in our body are covered with millions of living organisms. Well, they're not, they're microorganisms. They're very small. So we picked a few of these ecosystems because we're thinking about these parts of the body, the gut, the mouth, as their own ecosystems. So their own like living, breathing forests, basically, because that's what they are. Yeah. Okay. They have nutrients. They have food chains. They have predators. They have prey. And it's all taking place on your body. So we're going to look at that just a little bit deeper. And Noah, what is our theme? Our theme for this episode is this is so, so important and very cutting edge. Mm-hmm. Our theme is that this is extremely important. Okay. Fun fact on our theme, in the last six years, Adam, mm-hmm. out of all the articles ever published on the human microbiome, 80% of them have been published in the last six years. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Wow. So this shit is incredibly important. It's also incredibly cutting edge. Incredibly topical. Incredibly topical. Okay. We're Extremely ju- we're, topical. We're just starting to research it. Um, which is crazy because we know basically nothing about all of the creatures that live on us. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start us off with gut. Please start with Okay. Gut. I'm going to take you guys to the gut. I like also how you mentioned in your beginnings that don't suck how our body, think about your body like planet Earth where there is rainforests. The puma. There's the the puma. The puma. There's rainforests. There's deserts. Glacier. There's forests. There's the Arctic. Right. Right. There's all these different environments. That's mm-hmm. basically what these microorganisms look at when they're looking at your body. Yeah. Um. Just in the gut. This is just your gut. There are a hundred trillion microorganisms. That's crazy. But the, va- the vast majority of these microbes live in the gut. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. The gut has has most of them. But we're not even talking about the whole body. Okay. So, how much is 100 trillion, right? That's a really big fucking number. Let me tell you 100 trillion is bigger than all of the stars in the Milky Way galaxy. Okay? It's actually as big as 10, 10 times the Milky Way galaxy in stars. Can we go to the grains of sand on the beach metaphor? I like the Milky Way galaxy stars metaphor. Okay. Grandstand on the beach. I always think about like how big is the beach, like how deep <laughs> is the sand. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't work out. It's like long beach? So anyway, anyway, you can think about it like you know how we're existing in the Milky Way. Yeah. We're probably just in some huge creature's gut. I love it. Yeah. We are existing on a giant creature. We are. Ex- we are existing on a creature, but we're also inside of the gut of a massive creature. Okay? We're part of that creature's microbiome. Let me just say Macrobiome. that there's probably a little version of yourself living inside of your gut on the <laughs> on the on the planet Earth. Wherever that is. That's so anyway, wild. how much how much does hundred trillion microorganisms, microorganisms weigh? It actually weighs the size of a medium mango.
1: So a mango. So
0: pick up a medium mango, and that is all of the all of the organisms that live inside of your gut, which is insane. It's that's how much it weighs. That's how much it weighs. It Holy weighs as much shit! As a mango. That's horrifying. It is horrifying. Get a mango, and that's how many little critters are are running around in your body. So a big part of your body mass is the micro. It's a galaxy. It's literally a galaxy in there. Oh my god. It's a universe. It's its own universe in there. So fucking crazy. Okay? Uniqueness. No two people's bio- biomes are alike, okay? So it's just like a fingerprint. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, we do know that. So what does gut bacteria do, Adam? Okay, well, it affects your di- digestion. How you digest foods and mo- most interesting and the thing that like that I really focus on for the the gut microbiome is that studies, studies recent studies suggest that your obesity or your weight loss is directly tied to the gut biome that you have whoa way more really? so than people have thought what yeah, do you mean okay is so, that why i'm so chunky okay <laughs> i didn't pick this study because of our difference in body mass at the moment right well i'm kind of a bigger breed okay i'm a little just, bit like a third talk about guy. our bodies for uh, our bodies for a second what, what talk about it? our bodies okay i would say adam adam's 161 pounds. I'm 151. Adam's trying to lose weight down to, down to this. Right. I'm a little bit of a thoroughbred. You're kind of like an Arabic horse, like oh. a little bit smaller and faster. I like it. Okay. They mm-hmm. find me on the post, usually. <laughs> All right. So on a study of 77 twins. Oh, cool. Okay. One of which was obese and the other one. Oh, no, really? <laughs> yeah. One was obese. Okay. The other one was not. The study found that the obese twin had a lower gut bacteria diversity. Um, than the fit one, so no the way so the fit the fit twin had like way more different kinds of bacteria in there, and the obese twin twin had like like very few species in there. This is well, I mean, this goes back to our theme of the entire podcast okay. that everything revolves around digestion. Everything, yeah. And let me and then and then check this out. Mm-hmm. Okay, in a study in 2014 by the University of Washington, they took <laughs> this is insane. They took the gut bacteria from an obese person. Okay, mm-hmm. they and they put it into a mu- into a mouse, and and no, the mouse no. gained weight. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, just by taking the gut the gut bacteria from some some someone that's fat and putting it into another creature, that other creature gained in weight. That wasn't just because they had human gut bacteria inside of them, and it was weird. No, because they did a control with it. Oh, so, cool. So like yeah. some of them, gotcha. some yeah. So some of the mice got normal, you know, like a fit Norm- non-obese person. Yes. So basically, it show what what does that show? It shows that. Your gut bacteria has a very big influence on your weight, and so babe, we really don't know. Can I talk it. about the weight really quick? Sure. Because uh, so on the weight scale, I am five foot five and I weigh one hundred and sixty one pounds. So if you look that up anywhere, it says that I'm obese. But I don't think it's accounting for the Jewish body type, where it's just no leg and just <laughs> tons of tons of chest, just all chest. Because I don't feel obese. Do I look obese? Do you look obese? Yeah. Don't Next second question. Bit. Okay. Um, <laughs> do you look obese? No, you know, got some weight. But if it you type that ahead. in five, five, 161 pounds, it, it comes back well, with that, obese. Was that body mass index or whatever? That's stupid. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many different. kinds of But my of body, body types. type is so different. You know, it's just all it's all stomach and chest. Right. Well, that's why don't even look at that stuff. That stuff's so so dumb. Right. That's why you know bench press record over here, but not squat record. There's no way. Well, let me tell you, Adam, how you can lose weight. Yeah. Okay. Um, This is crazy. Okay. Fiber. Let's talk about fiber. I love fiber. Okay. Whenever. So, so Ashley is like a big, she's big into like the nutrition and stuff. And I just kind of discount it and don't listen. I'm finally, but and she keeps mentioning fiber. And so finally I will now listen. Okay. If okay. you're going to get anything from this episode, I want you to listen up here. Cause I think that this could help a lot of people. Okay. Um, I didn't know it until I researched it. So basically, normally humans can't digest fiber, and what does fiber come from? It comes from beans. Okay, so when you're a, when you're a veggie, you have it comes from a lot of things, but also but soybeans, huge thing of fiber, chickpeas, whatever. Fruit, right? Fruit has lots of fiber. Fruit. Okay, when you're a veggie, you end up eating way more than it. So how much more? Basically, Ashley, my fiance, tracks everything that we eat. Mm-hmm. Um, how much more fiber do you think we're eating now that we're a veggie than we're not? By the way, this is not a commercial to be vegetarian. I'm just telling you the facts. Okay. Um, two times as much fiber. Okay. We yeah. eat four times as much fiber. Does that have anything to do with why you use the privy so much? Uh, four, it's one o'clock. I've used it four times. Yeah, it probably does. Okay. So we're going to talk about this. Okay. So I'm having four times as much fiber. Um, according to a publication in the magazine cell in 2014, the bacteria that are able to digest fiber also produce a number of chemicals that benefit gut health and possibly promote weight loss. And the same study showed a correlation between the amount of fiber that you intake and obesity. So a direct correlation between the amount of fiber someone eats and how, how obese they are. Okay? There's a direct correlation. Correlation. Basically, so those people that are obese are not eating they are fruits not, and vegetables. Right. It, it they're for some reason. So again, I think that's important to touch on the difference between correlation and causation. hmm Okay. Go ahead. So my favorite example for this is the is the ice cream example. So like you can, so a correlation is that people eat more ice cream in the summertime. For sure. Yeah. But that does, but the difference is that just because people eat more ice cream in the summertime, doesn't mean that the summer causes people to eat more ice cream. So a correlation is like a, like these two things are related. The causation is like, that's what's causing it. Right. It's in fact the heat. Okay. So, so yeah. So actually you would be wrong by surmising that the summer is what causes more ice cream. It's actually the heat. Right, and that's the causation. Okay. So again, correlation is a step before causation. Gotcha. And for mo- especially with human microbiome, mm-hmm. most of the studies are going to be correlation because human health studies are very difficult, very mm-hmm. very difficult to take all the variables out of one human to another. Okay, okay. So there's a there is a high correlation in the amount of fiber intake and obesity. So personally, since I'm eating, I've been eating four times as much fiber for the last month. Mm-hmm. Um. What, what, what I found is that I haven't lost weight, but all of my my inflammation has gone down in my stomach. Yeah. And Ashley's stomach, too. The bloating of the stomach? The bloating of the stomach has totally gone down. Hmm. Um, because of the fruits? Vegetables? Because, because of the fiber, which is just making my gut biome much, much better. Okay, because there's Kay. more fiber. I also went from going to the bathroom one time a day to now going four times a day. Right. I'm not sure if the four times a day is what you want to get to, but I, I feel a lot better. Okay. Okay. So I, I've seen that with the fiber. So there's a lot of fiber going on in your gut right now. There's a lot of fiber going on. What in does fiber gut. specifically do in your gut to fix it? Um, so the ba- the ba- it helps the bacteria grow. Mm -hmm. that digest so the bacteria that like the fiber yeah right they're like oh there's more food there's like tons of more fiber we're going to keep reproducing we're going to keep growing so those are good bacteria and those are great bacteria that want the fiber so the fiber essentially is the is the food for i keep touching my stomach the fiber is essentially the food for a very healthy gut biome why does the fiber make you have to go to the banyo when you eat a lot of it that's a really good question and i'm i'm really not sure i'm not it's definitely direct. But form. you know like, the difference, right? You know the feeling of like there's irritable bowel feeling when it's like not fun, mm-hmm. but this fiber feeling is different. Is it not? It's definitely different. I see okay. what you mean. Mm-hmm. It's not like, well, there's the irritable bowel where it's like out of nowhere. It's time to go. It's time to go and you could yep. be anywhere and it's like a real problem. Oh, absolutely. Right? It could be anywhere. I mean, it's literally why you get rid of the, the digestion section because it was so graphic once. Yeah, it was too, it's too graphic. Okay. So... This is different. It's not like it's not like an emergency. Okay, what else is going on in your gut? Okay. Um we're ta- we're going to keep talking about weight like weight loss. Please. Gut biome and weight loss, especially for you. This is a great time. This is great for you. Great podcast for okay. me, Chunky Boy. In <laughs> International Journal of Obesity in 2005. Okay, so this is diet to gut bacteria to weight loss. Okay? So another study found that the two types of bacteria in your intestines may determine how much weight you lose when on a particular diet. Okay? In the in once st- in the study, one group was given a diet of high fiber and whole grains, okay? The other ate an average diet and they both did this for six months, okay? So we got the average diet and then we got the high fiber diet. Got me so far? hmm Okay. When the study was completed, they measured the gut bacteria in both sides and found that the people who, have, who had the high fiber diet, they had more provotella bacteria in their gut. Okay, And the probiotella bacteria releases chemicals that, that help in weight loss. And so the people that have the high fiber diet, they lost a ton of weight on average of five pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Because, because of, they surmised that the they had a more healthy gut biome. I thought that the key to losing weight okay. was was protein. Was, I think there's a bunch. I think... You know what's really frustrating? Yeah. With losing so. weight and with fitness? Uh-huh. There's so much info... But it's like the truth is like we well, really don't it's know. difficult to understand. I mean, we don't understand. The human body is such a magical it. system in a lot of ways. Yeah, we really, really don't understand it. Again, 80% of articles have been published in the last six years on the microbiome. We right. barely studied it for sure. Um, yeah. So anyway, that study showed that the high fiber diet produced very positive bacteria to help them lose weight. So the other side that had the average diet, they had a lot of the bacteria called bacteria, bacteria, I'd, I can tell oh that you God. looked this up, try to say it, and it's just not that coming. Was, that was one of the worst things I've said. Try ever it again. Uh, Bacteriodias. Bacteria I'm sorry. Bacteriodias. <laughs> so, Bacteriodias comes mainly from... Again, this is not a commercial to be vegetarian, I swear to God. But it comes mainly from animal protein. Oh. It is I not, see what it you're is saying. not a good gut bacteria. This is a... Narr- have you established a narrative that I, you're trying that's what to I think that's find? What, I think that's what people are going to say, and I swear to God, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying... That the pot, high fiber, high fiber, positive positive gut bacteria, gut biome, um, animal protein. If you're eating too much of it, it's gonna affect your your gut biome. And I have felt this personally from mm-hmm. from going veggie. When I was just eating meat, like just eating steak and pork when I was trying to mass. Remember when I was massing yeah, how five did, years ago? How was your gut? My gut was in a horrible, horrible place. I bet. Because you had a lot of uh, bacteria uh, by And then I got really sick for like six months and I had to go to the, the gastro. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I like, that. What is wrong with me? It's because I basically ate pork every day and drank a gallon of milk. And you weren't eating enough fruits and vegetables. Oh, my God. And you had low, you had low uh, gut biodiversity. But damn, could I hit a golf ball far? You, you were smack a golf ball an, like a, a caveman. That was a great. Adam was massing. And we went to we went to Top Golf. Mm-hmm. Um, with our friend who like actually golf's. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you could hit a golf. The Tim Ferris. It was the Tim Ferris massing plan, right? Yeah. It was from let me just say that body. it did work as far as making you bigger and stronger. But it was miserable. I don't know if it actually made you more healthy. But it was like playing golf with little children. It was just smacking the ball at top golf. Adam kind of looked like a lumberjack. Like a lumberjack hacking the ball. That was really funny. It was one of the best okay. days of my life. Um, let me talk Throwing about- my journal. <laughs> let me talk about bifidobacteria. hmm Okay. These are also bacteria that prevent wanking and inflammation. Um, and bifidobacteria, Adam, where can you find them? Where do you think? Gut. Fiber. Oh, they're Again, part, They're part more of more fiber, more sick gut bacteria from fiber. Okay, so all oh, about the fiber. So to show this, um, in a study, they fed mice Bifidobacteria. Poor mice, honestly. They fed mice Bifidobacteria mm-hmm. in the gut. Okay, and um, their weight gain and insulin levels decreased without affecting their their energy. So just by giving them Bifidobacteria, they were able to, able the mice were able to lose weight. Okay, so what's crazy about this is like they're not exercising more. Mm-hmm. Right. They're just changing their gut microbiome and it's making them lose weight. So for weight loss in general, would you say that diet is more important than working out? I've always thought that diet was more important. Yeah. Um, But this makes me think that it's more important than you even thought. Like like the things that affect the your gut micro micro is unreal important. That's, yeah. what, that's what I realized when reading this. And I don't know why no one's ever talked about it. The really cool part of this episode was during the research, at least, was thinking about the body as this living as a living like rainforest. And like yes. feeding it different things to grow right different areas. Ex- like I've never thought yeah. about the body like that before. I thought it was more of a machine. But it's not. It's like a combination of all these living things moving together. Right. It's it's a machine plus like this like ecosystem with living shit in Crazy. it. Crazy. Running around. It's like the Amazon it's the Amazon in there. So you're hot for fiber. I'm hot for fiber. And I, I have listener homework too that has to do with fiber. I love it. Um so yeah I just I keep thinking that it's like this universe. Mm-hmm. I keep touching your stomach. Are you guys touching your stomach? We're listening to this touching episode. My chunk. Touch your stomach, Ch- chunk, chunk, rub chunk. it, and say, "I'm going to give you more fiber." That's I what it, give it me means. Give you more fiber. Okay, let's talk about propanid, Adam. Propanid. Okay, fiber. Guess what? Guess what? Yeah. Fucking fiber, right? propanate is a fiber hormone. What does propanid do? When you when you eat fiber, this hormone is spread is caused by the bacteria digesting the fiber. Okay, hormones make you feel hungry or full. That's why when you're really, when you're really hungry, or you're really full. It's the hormones that are causing this. Mm-hmm. Okay. In a study, propanid was given to 60 obese adults for six months and it significantly reduced their hunger. Okay. So as far as reducing hunger, fiber will help you reduce your hunger as well. Propanid. Oh, I, so can you take, can you take the fiber supplement when you're smoking the chronic? I literally have, have that written down. Do you? I have that written down. Wow. So so my, my thing written down was how can we then put propanate, like can we drop it onto weed to make it non-munchy marijuana. Right, cuz one of the best medical parts about weed is that it makes you eat which you know can- some cancer patients need. Great many people are part, using yeah. it for medical purposes, but one of the worst recreational parts is that you have to eat a lot. Literally th- the worst and it's like a black hole of eating. Can we not get that out? The, the whatever chemical, that's what I don't whatever, whatever compound weed, is in there. is legal for munchies. now. Weed's legal now. Can we work to take out the the munchies? It is a separate chem- chemical. I for it's the it's called grelin. Grelin? It's a gremlin. It's gr- called a gremlin. gremlin it makes whatever. you eat. Yeah, gr- eat gremlin. It's the grelin in the weed, and that's what makes you have munchies. It's not the THC. So why can't we take it out? Okay, so this this fiber, propenid, propenid, Pro- propenid, propenid. It makes you not hungry. So just think about this: when you when you eat fiber, pro- proponent is the hormone that's caused by bacteria digesting the fiber. Yeah. Okay, and that helps you actually not be hungry. It makes my nipples hard. Just okay, so about so fiber so you know it helps directly in your weight loss. It also helps you eat less. Okay, does fiber make your nipples hard? It does yeah, yeah. You know, I'm it getting should the hard nipples from fiber okay. thoughts. And now listener homework. Yeah. Okay, guys, ladies, men. Do this, okay, for a week just to help your diet, okay? Track your fiber intake for a week. If it's below the, your recommended level, bump that baby up because then you're going to see some toning. Okay, so that's it. Track your fiber for a week and then see if you need to increase it because all you might have to do is just eat some beans for one meal to get more tone that's, that's, that's what I thought was crazy about this. You don't need to like work out harder for like half an hour longer every day. You might literally eating a bowl of beans a day it might make you look way more toned. Not just beans, right? It's also yeah, fruit it's over fiber. Fruit. Yeah. You can also get fiber supplements. Yeah,
1: you know or I was just, doing that. For a take bit? a fiber
0: supplement. Yeah, I might get back into that. Isn't that crazy? The fiber's that good? But but isn't it isn't it crazy that instead of like to get ripped, I have to work out an hour more? Mm-hmm. I might just need to eat some fiber. So the mango, a bacteria that's in your gut. The mango of microorganisms in there. you like to feed it fiber. Yeah. So the mango, the mango universe of of microbes that's inside of my Human gut microbiome. Okay. You just need to, you need to cultivate it and take care of it. Yeah. You'd like literally, ha- it's you're cultivating. Like, it's literally it's like, like, like growing a plant. Okay. That mango universe in there, you just need to give it some fiber. So it like changes its species down there, you know, and it's all happy. If you've got a mad mango, you've if you have a mad mango, it's going to kill you. Yeah. Our mango gets mad really quickly. Fucking mad mango. Um, gut microbiome test. Touch on this quickly. You can get tests to that like will show you how your gut, how your mango is, how your gut bacteria is. Um, but they're like two hundred dollars, and I have not tried it. I have no idea how accurate they are. But you, I'd be interested oh, to see if someone you can see what's going on down there. Yeah, so you can get tests to see like what your mango made out of. Isn't that amazing that, that different people have like different species of bacteria growing? Everyone's their mango? is different. Everyone's universe inside of them is different. And every part of the body, it's different. And every part of the body, yeah. It's incredible. I would love to see an ethnicity study of my gut. You know, yes, Yes. I would love to see gonna, that. Like, why is it such a problem for Jewish people worldwide? I was just about to get into this. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, is it because we lack some certain, uh you know, progenitor of fiber? So, here, so here's what I think it is. Okay, so so IBS, irritable, irritable bowel, bowel syndrome, which we suffer from, and a lot of Jewish people suffer from suffer too. Suffer from, suffer from, sucks. Okay. Um, science is just now basically coming around to the fact that IBS is directly is attributed to to your your mango, to your gut microbiome in there. Mm-hmm. okay? So your gut microbiome is affected by genetically, so it's passed down. yeah. um, so for some reason, Jewish people's gut microbiome sucks. okay? And it's just been passed down for generations. And for some reason, we are missing something in the mango to make the mango happy. It's terrible, and I think it'd be so interesting. I do think it'd be really interesting to do studies on like Jewish people genetically to see what we're fucking missing. Agreed. Okay. Also, other things that microbe effect, farting. Yeah. How are we gonna How are we gonna not talk about farting? Yeah. So your your gut microbiota. I mean, it's on brand. Your gut microbiota biota is your mango is the main reason for the for your amount of farting. Adam, how many times do you think the average person farts a day? The average person. Yes. Myself or the average? Average. Not um you. I, it's got a... Um, you have a bad mango. I don't know. 10? Pretty good guess. 10. Okay. The average person farts 15 times a day. Yeah. Okay. Many times they're not aware of it because they're sleeping or they're just like so small. My wife, she farts in her sleep. My wife, she farts in her sleep. Farts in her sleep situation. Farts in her sleep. Um, yeah. Talk about mangoes. How much do you fart in your day? 40? I mean, it doesn't talk about the volume. But like, is the, the farting... Volume. And the, the, the large volume, volume large, and just like the, like, just, just like, what is that? Does that mean that like, what does that mean though, that we fart so much and so long? So when I, when I have a protein shake and I'm drinking it with soy milk I, it like, it just sets me off. I don't know what it is in there. It's your mango producing gas. Right. When it's your e- mango it's, is not happy. It's a chemical change, right? In there, your mango, your is producing gas. Yeah. Your mango's pissed. So why is it producing more gas than, than is normal? Because you have, because we have some sort of bacteria. We have too much of something. I think in the gut, I think Jewish people have too much of something that isn't serving us. We might learn, me and you might learn more from a gut microbiome test than, than most other tests. I would, Way to lo- do one test. I would love to do that. We need to look into how this this so is affecting if, if our we, people. If we could do the gut microbiome test and compare it to like someone that has a very good digestion, it would be very interesting. Right. Like someone um, who could eat a pizza and just be like, okay, let's go play volleyball. It would be like, yeah, I can't uh, move. Let's think about doing it for the pod too. Let me tell people about our, our result. Um, that would be cool. Adam. Um, so, yep. listener, you know what your homework is. Track your fiber. Fiber, get some fiber, fiber, baby. Get some toning. Okay. Fibrose. Adam. Yes. Talk to us about the mouth. All right. Let's go from the gut to the mouth. So, the gut is... The largest microbiome in terms of diversity of yeah. species and the mouth is the second largest after the gut. It houses over 700 different species of bacteria with an individual hosting up to 300 at any one time. Yes, question. When you kiss someone, you are kind of just like sucking sucking their... It's disgusting. We're going to get into their kissing. microbiome out. That's Can d- you just... nasty? We're just so. going to wait for the kissing. It's going to come. But yeah, when you kiss, make sure you kiss a person that has a nice microbiome in their mouth because you are transferring... Forty I'm million so bacteria between mouths. Forty I'm, million bacteria. I'm already harsh on the on the mouthwash for my fiance. Can I just come out and say it? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of kissing. Never was. I'm not a huge fan of kissing either. And now that I have girlfriend, um, you know, I don't like. You know, I don't think men really are. I don't think men love love kiss. Some, Some people love, love. Yeah, that's not true. That's not true. You think men love kissing? I, I I in studies, men are more into romance than women are. I I I'm into romance. I'm very into romance. Yeah um i really don't like a lover of love i love 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 is great but but I'm never a fan of kissing it's like kind of gross sucks. it's, it's fucking disgusting. You, it's what you used to eat things we're literally sucking each other's microbiomes out of each other's mouth remember an avatar it's when disgusting. they remember an avatar when they like touch finger penises i see you chief i see you oh my god you're talking about the movie it's, avatar yeah i think they have a good point yeah the movie avatar not not the show because like, that's how they sexually interact that's how, like, they show commitment. They're like, I, I see you. And, and they, they touch finger the fingers because that's more sanitary. Yeah. Um, funny. That's that's the after <laughs> protocol for kissing. Um, gonna okay. So kiss. we're going to make out with our fingers. We're going to come back to kissing. Well, let's just do a quick overview first. Okay. The two places that bacteria love to live in your mouth is on your teeth and in your saliva. The teeth is great for bacteria because so they the teeth, it doesn't shed its tissue. So it's a good place for buildup to occur. Obviously, when you're a kid, you lose your baby teeth. Mm-hmm. But then those teeth that you have, like other tissues in the body, it sheds itself and it regenerates. As we were yeah. talking about in ship But not the teeth. Okay, so bacteria love to live there because they can just hang out there and cling to it. Um, uh, cavities? Is that what causes cavities? Exactly. Plaque okay. and cavities. Yep. In your Or in your saliva because saliva is the same pH as water. It's a 7 on the pH scale. So it keeps the bacteria in your mouth super well hydrated. And obviously, because of the ease of collecting a mouth sample, it is one of the most well-studied biomes. Yeah. The saliva in the mouth. Um, the different homes in your mouth. Bacteria can live on the tongue, the cheek, the hard and soft palates of your tongue, the floor of your mouth, the throat, the saliva, and the teeth. All have different organisms living there. Also, since it's like the, um, the spring of the gut, like if you... If you were looking at the body as a river, your mouth is like the headwater, the delta, or the bay to your gut. It shares forty five percent of the same bacteria with the gut. So, gut health it starts with mouth health, and that is the big takeaway I want people to get from this. Fuck! First of all, our mouth health is the worst. We are so bad at brushing our teeth. When's the last time you flossed? No, it's just just fucking never. God damn it! I mean, this this whole podcast makes me want to take care of my body so much differently and better. Um. Yeah. So, ma- so gut health starts with your mouth, with the flossing, with getting bad bacteria out of your mouth. Teeth. Okay. Let's talk about the teeth. Let's do it. Because the teeth in your mouth, once again, they don't change their tissue and bacteria love to cling to them. Um, they collect on each other into what's known as a biofilm, which is a collection of bacteria. And that is what causes the plaque on your teeth to build up. So in comparison, people that practice oral hygiene to people that don't, one study shows that individuals can have between 1,000 and 100,000 bacteria living on each tooth surface if they do practice oral hygiene, like brushing their teeth. Yeah. While less clean mouths can have up to 1 billion bacteria on each tooth surface. That so is that's so 100,000 to gross. 1 billion if you don't brush your teeth. So that's how uh, bad it can get. I'm glad because now I'm motivated to brush my teeth. It is kind of strange. Like, how did we evolutionary evolve to need um, like Crest toothpaste? Okay, that's a good question, and I, I've read a lot about this. Basically, it has to do with the the pussification of the human beings in general. The pussification. The pussification of human beings. We're gonna get to the, the puss, the vagina, later. Yeah, but basically, because we spend, you know, way more time indoors, we come into contact with way less harmful bacteria. We are just not ready for any of this. But oh, we build anymore. up no immunity to we, anything. We built up no immunity to anything, so we've been basically pussified. Okay, so the example of this bacteria is Streptococcus. It's the most common one found in the mouth. Yeah, that is the bacteria responsible for plaque that will cling to the tooth because it doesn't shed. It sucks all the nutrients from your tooth, and it will kill the tooth in in weeks. The bad, you, that's the bad boy. That's yeah, the so that's why you have to brush your teeth because you have to introduce. You're basically introducing good bacteria to fight that brush shit. My teeth right now, yeah. Otherwise, I mean, we suck. We right. suck. Why don't we do? Otherwise, it's never. It's never going to get off your teeth. They'll never get off your teeth. Basically. Okay, and now my now my oral hygiene. You know what? I'm going to make goals around my oral hygiene. Okay. There we go. Not all bacteria in your mouth is bad, though. Okay. So mouthwash that proposes to kill and sanitize your mouth. What it actually does, and this is—it's kind of a new research—is it lowers the pH level of your mouth saliva, and thus it makes it more acidic. And when something is more acidic in your mouth, like when you use mouthwash, yeah, it kills the enamel that protects the tooth. And it also, if it's more acidic in the mouth, a lot of good bacteria that's in your mouth will die because it needs Fun. that water okay. level level pH to survive. Of, can I? Can I? Can I have a lot of questions about this. Yeah, sure. Um, so. When my fiance has bad breath, thank you, doctor. Then, when my fiance has bad breath, or when I have bad breath, um, you know we always go do the mouthwash. Yeah, go it's do very, it. It's very effective. So then, what are What are we supposed to do when like our breath smells horrible? Like, how do you make your breath smell better without killing all the good bacteria? Not sure. Maybe chew some gum, a mint. Oh, I see. The problem with mouthwash is as as you, the the, mouth... you don't lower the pH. Right. So like you were saying that this is all relatively new stuff, right? The problem with mouthwash and other things that we were doing before is that it just sanitizes the area. It just wipes it clean of bacteria. Because that was the thought like 20 years ago is that we just need to get rid of bacteria. Yeah. Right. We're just like, it's right. all over us. Get right. rid of it. Right, right, right. right. Fucking get in there, yeah. sanitize. Just sit there and make it like a bathroom floor. Right. Unfortunately, that's not what it's like, right? It's like a war going on and we have to help the good side. So don't use right. mouthwash. We can't just blow everyone up. Right, that's so interesting. In my in my um future section, mm-hmm. one of the things that uh, this professor thinks is going to be a big thing is that these products like mouthwash or soaps that have not taken that into consideration, they're going to slowly become illegal, oh, basically shit. because we have barely known about the microbiome and we don't like Dove soap or something. Like we don't know like it's been really negatively affecting these good bacteria. And once mm. we know more about it, these products are going to have to be taken back. Look, science is a process over time. For sure. Okay. And it's just amazing how little we know about everything. You know, in a hundred years, what are we going to think? We're just savages with mouth mouthwash eating meat. No judgment. And no fiber. No fiber. Okay. So the mouthwash also dries out the other important part of your mouth, which is the saliva. And saliva is the most important thing because saliva washes away much of the bad bacteria you get from breathing or eating and prevents it from clinging to your teeth. Hmm. Right. So when you're breathing, you're breathing in some harmful shit. When you're eating, you might have some harmful shit come in. And the purpose of saliva, saliva is basically water, as I was saying before, except it has nutrients and it has microbes inside of it to kill harmful bacteria. So you need to keep that saliva wet. And that mouthwash kills it. Right. And the mouthwash kills it. It makes it dry. When oh, you're getting to kissing. I'll let you, I'll let you get there. How'd you know? How do uh, you know you can't see my outline? No, no, no. no. I, I know because my question, my question is, if someone has streptococcus and you make someone's out, got some caucus, someone's got some coccus, Ah, uh, generally, would that make an odor in someone's mouth if they have okay. caucus and they kiss you? Can, yeah, and also yes, yes, it will definitely make an odor. Okay, so that so the transmission of streptococcus from one mouth to another, what's that? What's that like? Can someone transmit streptococcus bacteria to me? Okay, well, when you kiss, right? An intimate kiss of five seconds transfers, on average, forty million bacteria between mouths. Fuck that! Forty uh, million bacteria. I knew it was bad to kiss, right? I knew it. So yeah, I can't, so I can't you, wait to use this when you are kissing. Kiss when you are kissing, you get part of that other person's microbiome just in your mouth. Disgusting. That's what you are getting. Is that what you want? Ask yourself. Oh my god. Also, if you are kissing, okay, for all you folks out there on the Tinders and other such things, such as sister, sweet sister of ours. Just like check that mouth out, you know what I'm saying? Just like literally have them open up their mouth. Or if there was a dating site for literally people that had gotten microbiome tests and that were very healthy, fucking love it. I'd be fucking in there. The healthy dating site. Biome dating. Mean, big after Corona, someone make biome it. Biome dating. Someone make it. Biome dating. Then there would be like whole like vaginal studies of your p of the pH right, of your va- vagina. Vaginal the mouth. The penis. It's like I have a really good mango. What do you have living on your foreskin? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Is it safe? Yeah, when you're touching and kissing and sharing fluids, like fucking like you're new kissing was bacteria gross. i knew it was gross so someone's mouth smells bad so you know how like like when my fiance's mouth smells bad or when my mouth smells bad yeah you naturally don't want to kiss that person no and is that like no a nat- you don't. that's a natural defense against getting streptococcus or some gross shit in my mouth it's a natural de- defense against streptococcus so kissing is disgusting yeah absolutely okay so the more you kiss the more of the same bacteria you have with your partner in studies especially mm-hmm. on the tongue for some reason so make sure that person brushes their damn teeth because when you kiss you end up having the same biome as the other person no, in I your, in your mouth she is a clean she is her mouth clean mine's well it's expensive. important your partner has a clean mouth because you're going to get the same biome okay so their their mouth health is just as important as yours guess clean, what clean biome dating clean biome. go dating. to our website guys guess what is not that great for your mouth biome smoking cigarettes it vastly changes the ecosystem of the mouth. Have you ever seen a lifelong smoker's mouth? No. Have you ever been near one? Okay. Its acidity increases. In a study done that measured smoker's saliva, and it also concentrated on chewing tobacco as well. You're going to like this. Smokers Fuck. had a 6.8 pH level of saliva. Chewers had a 6.7 no. pH of saliva, which is more acidic. The lower it gets, the more acidic it is. Non-smokers had a, a level 7 pH, like water. Uh, how much do they have to chew? So chewing, I love my chewing dip. is the worst. Great. I don't know. Not maybe not as much as Tony Gwynn. Like when he can't chew anymore. In right. This, right. Yeah. So if I pack like one or two lips a week, how am I? I think that your mouth is probably a little more acidic, and you're sharing that with Ashley, and she's suffering from your acidic mouth. Don't. Uh, I hope she doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> she hates when I pack lips, okay. and now she's gonna fucking hate it. Smoking and tobacco also increases the stickiness of plaque. It also kills oxygen-breathing bacteria that you need. Your saliva needs to survive because I guess of the the smoke in your mouth. Okay, so can't. so so smoking they pro- can't breathe. So it promotes the bad bacteria, it kills the good bacteria. Yes, in short. Okay, all right. Um, before we switch over, I just want to get into future toothpaste that are pretty cool. One is called Ojuke, like Babadook, Duke, but Ojuke. It comes with bamboo salt in a white tube. It's labeled ancient mineral salt baked nine times in bamboo. I'm not a I'm not sure at all what that does. Okay, but it's like a luxury brand that like the Kardashians buy and shit. It's okay, juke. It was just fucking weird. What's up with it? I don't understand why baking the salt nine times in bamboo is good for your. Mouth oh, it's like health. this pretend luxury toothpaste that's like yeah. good for you. But the really cool thing for the people that I want to get because we don't floss is called the tooth shower. It okay. connects to your shower head and it flosses your teeth with water. No fucking way. Boom. Who says no how to much that? Is, how much is it? Who says no to how the much tooth is shower? How much is it? Uh I'm not sure. Don't have that Thank information you. In handy. Thank you very much. Sorry. Yeah. What do you so how how would that even work? Does it attach to the shower and I put it in my mouth? Yeah, it, it looks like a um you know those like personal showers that you, you can like take off and, and do your body with? Yeah. It looks like one of those, except it has a little flosser at the end. So you just attach it and it squirts water in your mouth. I'm gonna I'll I'll purchase one. Well, you know how it goes, because I never floss, and I need it. I'm put it. Okay, that's awesome. I need it too. And I'm. I'm gonna focus on my mouth health. Yeah, because it's been absolute. It's been fucking horrible. And now it is time for the first ever new section. Halftime, Hennessy. Halftime, Hennessy, baby. Okay, Noah, this is the Halftime Hennessy Toast. Let's do it. Where we discuss some absurd science-related news story. I find the story, and Noah, you will respond with your immediate thoughts. So, okay. a toast. And right now, we're drinking the Jack Daniels Honey. Okay, we're Jack Daniels Honey. Honey, Halftime Honey. It's really Halftime Honey. Halftime Not, honey. not really Halftime Hennessy. Because let me tell you, Hennessy was a little bit expensive for us. Hennessy was a little bit out of the budget, the liquor store So today. then we got the Jack Daniels Honey, which is it's for the people. Fantastic. Okay, we raise our honey. Okay, raise our honey. This is in memory. Of the Russian mother bear and cub who were shot dead after climbing on top of a Russian submarine last week in northern Russia. This is in the memory of them. In the memory of them. Okay. Bukhaim. Bukhaim. Oh. Daddy. Oh, the honey. Oh, that's good. Jacky knows honey is good though. A, a hunting instructor Woo. was called in to neutralize the bear. The Russian Navy said... There was no other option for them to do anything about it. One funny video comment I saw on YouTube said, this is the full essence of Russia in one video. So that was pretty good. Okay. I have, thoughts? Thoughts. I have a lot to say about this. Okay. These are problem solvers on the submarine, right? Get Just push the barriers. What makes you think they're problem solvers? Because uh, as we learn from the submarines, it's so hard to become a submariner, okay? And it's like you have to learn everything about the whole sub. How could these guys not figure out just push to some way to push the bears off of the top of the sub or why don't they just submerge? Literally, why wouldn't they just submerge with the bear on top of it? Yes. I think that would hurt the bear. How? Because I don't know on the wake or so, it would get pulled down vacuum like a vacuum, right? If something goes down into water like that, that's that massive, it would be pulled down with it. Okay. That's a fair point. Um, I really think that there was a way for them to get the bears off the sub. Without shooting the bears, I totally my agree. Response. Part of the problem w- with this was that, um, like, a, the last week, fifty polar bears being because they're being chased out of the Arctic because of warming, yeah, invaded a town nearby, and the town had to like, they, like, no one could leave their house, not because of COVID, because there was fifty polar bears in the town just Holy ransacking shit. everything. So they're really they're bear phobic right now. I guess Russia, like, they're they're simple as the bear, right? It's more berry than I ever thought. That's interesting. Very bear. Never thought about this how was. This Russia is a brown bear. These were brown bears. These are brown bears. Yes, brown hey, bear. we can't just kill the bear. Just get like just. These are problem solvers, right? In the sub, there's yeah. like a hundred dudes. You have all the manpower you could possibly need. Yeah, they climb on top of the sub. You know who like who cares? Get them off. Like, why just would you get shoot them, them off? And the sub is probably not even on like a These these users are sitting around in the sub probably for months. It's probably funny. It would probably be fun, honestly, to get the bears off. No, I talked to us about skin. Okay. So first off, where are these microbes on my skin, right? And how do they survive, Adam? So the, the, the microorganisms on your skin survive off the salt, water, and oil. This, this oil is known as sebum. It is not the same as sweat, okay? This is the thing that you excrete and, the, and that the microorganisms eat. And it, it's to keep yourself cool and lubricated, sebum. It's like this oil that you're, you release all over your skin to keep yourself cool, what and is it? Sebum Lubed up. Or se- <laughs> Where's Where is the sebum on my skin? Where is it? It's it's everywhere. It's all over your skin. It is not again, not the same thing as sweat. Okay? It's sebum. So I learned I learned that today. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um your skin has very different environments. Okay? Let's think that your your armpits, they're kind of like the jungle. That's like the that's like the Amazon for yeah. the microbes. Microbes yeah, that sweats like- <laughs> on. It's the, sweat, it's the sweats on. Microbes that like a sweats on. Okay, they're up in your armpits, yeah. your arms, and your legs. It's like the desert, cool, dry. That's the microbe. Those are like the the lizards, the lizard microbes. Okay, it's okay. Cooler. So we have we have a bunch of. There's a lot of variety in the environment of the skin. Not as many microbes as in the gut, but a lot of variety. but a lot of variety. Okay. Okay. How much do you think the uh, the microbes on your skin weigh? Is it it's not mangrove, Is it apple? Okay, they weigh two pounds. Oh shit! Which is gro- which is gross. That is <laughs> disgusting. Which that's how much you're carrying—literally two pounds of microbes on your just just your skin. Two pounds of animal. Yeah. Well, so why? Like, why do you have two pounds? Ah, uh, please tell me. Okay, your skin micro microbiome is extremely important for your for defense. So basically, when you get when it, when you come into contact with another harmful bacteria, I strike first. I strike hard. and I have no mercy. Cobra Kai. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, well, you you've you've Cobra Kai along your along your skin yeah okay by the way just a quick segment if you're watching cobra kai um the larusso robbie scenes not for me not for you for some reason they're coming off homoerotic and i just don't think they're supposed to come off homoerotic they're just not good oh it's worse than that okay anyway Mm -hmm. so skin microbiome your cobra kai basically when you come into contact with a another bacteria your your cobra kai immediately attacks it when it comes onto your skin what yes Really? Yes. So let's say that I rubbed up against like a- Hello. Don't worry about that. Keep going. Yeah. Let's say that I rubbed up against like a foreign bacteria, like a pole in the subway or something. Yeah. Okay. I rub up against this pole, which is probably literally disgusting. God, that is gross. You should do a microbiome of a subway. Well, think about damn. think about a stripper Fuck. pole. How gross that would be. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. Is that gross? Yeah. Straight up. God, the honey's making me feel loose. I feel loose on the mic now. I fucking love that. This honey. is why you can't smoke on the mic. This is why you have to drink. Don't smoke on the mic. Don't do it. Um, so, anyway, they attack that harmful, harmful bacteria immediately, and they're really important for your defense. Okay. okay? They're so important for your defense, actually, that your immune system, it communicates directly with your skin's microbiome, which is insane. So, you, so basically, your skin's microbiome mm-hmm. are the mercenaries of your immune system. Whoa. Right. Because they're foreign. How right? are they connected? Yeah. So... Still being research, right? But oh. basically, you feed all these creatures from your sebum. Oh, which is the mucus, the, which is the on oil that apparently you make all this oil. But it's over not sweat. It's not but sweat. It's not sweat. Okay. Okay. So you feed them. You feed them with the sebum. Okay. Mm-hmm. They fight for you. On. The, they're like, this is great. I love your sebum. Yeah. Okay. And I'm gonna fight for you. For, <laughs> I'm gonna fight for you for it. Okay. And they destroy the microbes that are trying right. to come. And to they your destroy body. the foreign microbes. Okay. So much so that your immune system. It actually communicates. It's, it communicates with them. So basically, they're like mercenaries to an army. Right. Yep. Yeah. But really how cool. do they get in? I mean, the skin is waterproof, right? They're on the skin. Okay. On it. Touch yourself. You're touching the. You're touching them. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Acne. So let's talk about acne. Okay. This is I focus on acne. We both had action. acne. We both had acne. We in both high had. School. We both had acne. It sucked. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what? It, what? Microbe does acne come from? It's called P. Acnase. Okay. Mm. You guessed it. It's the acne bacteria. Yep. Scientists are still trying to figure out exactly how this thing works. But people that have acne have a much higher level of P. Acnase on their face. So like for for dermatological stuff. Yeah. It is like we need to fix the P. Acnase. What is its purpose? Okay. So here's how acne forms. And here's where P. Acnase comes in. Okay. Basically... Your hair follicles and skin cells, they get all mixed up and they block a pathway of sweat that's coming up, to, coming up to your body. Okay? When this sweat is is blocked, it becomes inflamed. Oh, no. Right. Okay. Why does that happen when you're a teenager so much? Is that because of uh, the hormones that you're giving off? So really good question. It's probably because of the hormones, the changes, and you're probably sweating way more. Hey, okay. okay. You think about how smelly a teenage boy is? Oh, my God. So now, n- so, na- oh, so now when you, like, smell someone that smells bad, you know it's their fucking microbiome. Yeah, it's oh their my stinky God. biome. Yeah, if you were you were grossed out before... Listen, dude, you got to change your biome. Yeah. <laughs> you got to come up in here. <laughs> you were grossed out before by how someone smells? Mm-hmm. Okay, now now, how grossed out are you? Now I'm just their thinking about fucking my... fucking microbiome. My, yeah, my their dog's microbiome, microbiome. sucks. Okay, anyway. Um, so, P. Acnes normally lives on your skin as this benign bacteria that's actually good for you. Yeah. And a lot of other things. When it comes into contact with this blockage, it exacerbates it and inflames it. No, oh, no. Okay. In 2016, scientists at the University of California San Diego made a big big discovery in the uh, in the acne field. Okay? Mm-hmm. They found that P. acnes produces a fatty acid which which causes the inf- inflammation. Okay? So so now they're like all we have to do is stop this fatty acid from coming and we can stop acne basically. Sounds good. Let's stop it. Yeah. And the the reason that this is such a big find is because all tre- treatments for acne like up to like up to modern day, it's just been like the treatment that we had pro we use proactive. Remember proactive? Yeah. This shit stuff. was so expensive. Right, it was. Yeah. Um, so that's in proactive. So pro- no, so no, so proactive is basically just like how do you say surface level surface level like it doesn't affect the microbes it just like it affects the symptoms okay i see cosmetic cosmetic yeah so proactive is basically just uh cosmetic but now when they're learning more about these microbes like how p acnes acts with acne okay they're actually going to be able to fight the source of acne which is the microbe that causes it right which is what we want yeah which is exactly what we want why isn't our um the little lubricant on our skin fighting that Sebum? Yeah, sebum. Why isn't sebum? So why can't s- sebum fight the acne? Well, se- cuz se- sebum just feeds the microbacteria. It feeds the microbacteria. It f- it's actually f- working against us in that case. Well, it works for us because it feeds the good ones and if it-, it feeds the good bacteria, okay? Yeah. P. acnes, Adam, is one of the good bacteria until it finds these blockage and it becomes a bad one. Okay? So, sebum doesn't really have anything to do with it. You're looking at me weird. No, I gotcha. Okay. okay. Sebum doesn't have okay. anything to do with the acne. So, basically, in summation. Yes. Okay. The skin microbiome is leading us to be able to actually fight acne source instead of just the symptoms. Yeah. Which is cool. That's fantastic. Okay, Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Bringing us to literally the section. That we've all been waiting for. Ugh. Okay, the sexual organ. Buried aka the lead. The vagina. We buried the lead again. Buried the lead. We should take have been at the to, top of the program. Take us to the vagina, please. All right, the vagina, otherwise known as the vagina. My <laughs> art is very vaginal. Vagina. Yeah. Um. Vagina. There's a lot of things going on with the vagina. Vagina. Okay. It's important to get out there first. That the, all these studies vagina. are done within the last ten years about mapping the vagina microbiome. So there's very little, like Noah was saying before really understood about human microbiome. And vagina is not an exception to this rule. Okay? So, everything that I'm saying now could probably be disproved in three years. I'm, I'm sure of it. Right? Yeah. science is a process over time. The enemy of the vagina, Noah, is too much bacteria. It's called bacterial oh vaginosis, God. which is the overgrowth of bacteria of a vagina. Basically, it's an unbalanced vagina. Smelly you're, vagina. You're making a fist with your hand like you Yo, want to punch no, a vagina. No, I going to raise my hand and say yeah. that that's what makes like a smelly vagina. Right. right? Yeah. That makes it a smell. It will throw off the pH, which would then make the vagina smelly. Okay. Okay. Fortunately, the vagina has a bunch of good bacteria and this good bacteria is called lactobacillus. Sorry, by lactobacillus, I mean latobacillus. Okay. Latobacillus that prevents pathogens by producing hydrogen peroxide, which is absolutely crazy. So these bacteria, they produce a sterilizing agent. To clean the vagina. And one thing crazy about hydrogen peroxide is it's H2O2. That's completely wild. How do you get... So water, H2O, right? If you add one more oxygen, it becomes a toxic sterilizing agent. Isn't that crazy? Uh, are you talking about, talking about uh, like rubbing alcohol? Hydrogen peroxide, like what you put to clean right. a cut. Or clean a bong. Clean a bong, clean a cut. Yeah. So just one more oxygen makes it like this toxic like cleaner. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It I mean, so chemistry is happens. just so wild like that. It's wild. You just want to do more chemistry. Anyway, so these Lactobacillus microbes, okay, they produce hydrogen peroxide and that keeps them... In the ven- vagina. Right. So in the vagina, they produce hydrogen peroxide, which clean And that it. keeps the vagina clean. That fights bacterial vaginosis. Sounds like a great microbe. So there's a war going on in your vagina. The vagina also has an extremely low pH, which means that it's very acidic. It's 3.5. If you remember from the last section... Saliva is seven, which is basically close to water. Vagina is 3.5. So it's very acidic. As acidic as apple juice. Probably not a shocker. It's like living in a volcano. (laughs) You know, if we're talking about the ecosystems. What is, is a volcano acidic? No idea. But it's like this like sulfur. It's like this like, you know, it's like this dangerous environment. It's like living in a bunch of apple juice. That's exactly like 3.5 is apple juice. Volcano. Okay. Like three is lemon juice. So it's like sour. An Sour apple vagina. Juice, an apple juice volcano. Okay. Probably not a shocker there to anyone that has been around a vagina. Okay. You've been, around, you've been around a few vaginas in your time. I've only ever seen one vagina in my time. There he is. Okay. Also, vaginas are houses of fungus. One out of every five no. women is colonized no, no, by a fungi no, no, called no, Candida no, albicanis, no. a pathogenic yeast that usually does not cause symptoms. So this is an emerging... Like a mushroom fungus? Yes. Like literally has mycelium. That's disgusting. Yes. So a lot of vaginas have fungus in them, but they are dormant pathogens. Do That's they fit- do they make a smell? Yeah, of course. They produce gas, That's right? Dis- when they're eating. So how do you get rid of... How do you... How do you... Make sure you have lactobacillus to fucking fight that shit. And produce hydrogen peroxide and get rid of the mycelium and the, the fungus. lactobacillus in the vagina produces... hydrogen peroxide which will as we've learned in every part of your body there is a war going on for balance it's all about balance versus evil basically it's all about balance okay (laughs) cobra kai one especially crazy thing about vaginas is they are incredibly diverse ecosystems more so than other parts of the body and they can change drastically based on ethnicity location stress and diet so all this research is from the last 10 years there have been many studies that link ethnicity to the vagina's ecosystem. Bacterial vaginosis, for some reason, the scientists do not know why, it's more prevalent in black women than white women. In a test of US-born black and white women, the black woman's vagina has more microbial diversity, but it also has less lactobacilli than white women. Wow. No idea why. Also, studies in sub-Saharan Africa show that the vagina has a radically different makeup than the lactobacilli and is in fact dominated by something called liners and other non-oxygen oh. breathing bacteria. So their vaginas look completely different. So the universe inside of the vagina right looks different based on where you're from. The exactly, the va- it also can depend on stress, it can p- depend on like levels of poverty. It can depend on your diet, oh but the vagina God. is like extremely diverse. That's why it's one of the most interesting to study. And so but the one that you want, you want the cleaner bacteria. Right. So before this, Not I would fungus. I was like, it's why so would anyone be a gynecologist? And then after this, I'm like, oh, it's kind of interesting. It's like a hotbed of bacteria that's completely different for each person. So va- vagina health is like really personal. That's why. So it makes sense. Oh, like wow. when your when your girlfriend's like, I want to switch uh, birth control. It's because like it's different for everyone. How do so you How do you controls. make sure that you have good vagina health? How do you how, wait? I I mean, like, how do you? Um, Make a good microbiome. Great question. All I know about that is do not douche for everyone out there. Don't douche, okay? Douching just basically, I guess it's just spraying water inside of your vagina. It's bad to wash the vagina out like that. What if it's gross? What if you have the fungi in it? Yeah, maybe you can consult someone that knows a lot more about the vagina than I do. (laughs) Um, if you also if you have more sex, guess what? Yeah, baby, it's cleaner. No, it is not cleaner. You are more likely to have. Bacterial vaginosis. Power. What is... Bacterial vaginosis is basically an unbalanced vagina. So you're basically... You will are more likely to have an unbalanced vagina. Um, yeah. Increased partners. More bacterial vaginosis. A 2004 study also shows that women who have sex with only women have a higher risk of bacterial vaginosis. What? Yeah. Once again, these studies are all proven studies by doing multiple in a row. Okay. So... Sex with women, women to women. Women sex having sex with women, who have a higher risk of bacterial vaginosis of an unbalanced vagina for some reason. Does the penis help balance in some way? We're going to get to the penis. Can you just, just wait? Okay, wait just, for I'm, the penis. I'm chopping at the bed here. Okay. Same study also shows, once again, to not douche. Please don't douche. Everybody, please don't do it. Stop douching. Stop douching. Okay. It's not Man good. Man against douching. <laughs> Man against douching. It's Mad. not good. Mad. Man against douching. Um, yeah. Right. Once again, early in the studies here. In 2020, just for some topical topical topics, yeah, um, all the genetic material that lives in the vagina, over 1 million different bacteria, viruses, and fungi, like I was saying before, have now been mapped in a database by the University of Maryland. So you can check out all the different things that might be living in your vagina. The penis. Ever heard of it? I've heard of it. Okay. Guess what? You're going to like this. Circumcision? Yes, your hands up. Sorry. I I was just thinking like, so the penis, right? It probably has its own microbiome. Different microbiome, yeah. Okay, uh, but but when you when the penis is inserted into a vagina, it definitely affects their microbiome. Exactly. And we're about to get into how okay. it affects yeah, the vagina. About, okay. Okay. First of all, the penis, circumcision, guess what? It keeps your penis clean. According to one study, the coronal sulk, otherwise known as the top of the shaft, is a lovely environment for pro-inflammatory anaerobes that can activate HIV. The circumcision or the removal of skin plays a role in protection from sexually transmitted diseases. Also, a plus for circumcision is that repeated trials have shown that females are at less risk for unbalanced vagina, bacterial vaginosis, with circumcised men. Right? So, good. Okay. if you have a cleaner penis, if you are circumcised, women are less likely to get bacterial vaginosis. There's been many studies that show tricky. this. I actually thought that there was a movement recently that circumcision is pointless. Where did you see that movement? Okay, I thought I read that. Apparently not. Okay. I like that though. That's interesting. I thought I thought that I that that came up somewhere. Um there are way less bacteria with a circumcised penis. Once again, the study, this study supported by Bill and Melinda Gates, they're up in the penis studies as well as as the mosquito studies, doing so much for science. Men aged 15 to 49 were circumcised and their tip bacteria measured before and after. A six month study okay. after they got circumcised. Okay. So they were not circumcised before. Then they got circumcised and they were measured again. They had on average 38 bacteria without while they had the um the foreskin still intact. So the German helmet. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then 36 when it was removed species. So getting circumcised decreases the biodiversity of the bacteria on your penis. And and, and I'm guessing those are harmful bacteria. And let me let me ask. Unlike the gut where you do want biodiversity, it seems like for the sexual organs, you don't want that. It does seem to be the case there, but there's still good, although, wait, but in a vagina, there's lactobacillus, which is obviously what you want. Yes. Which I, produces hydrogen peroxide. I know. But when, when you look at, when you look at the gut that you want as many different species as possible, But what it seems like with the sexual organs is that you don't, you don't want that. You want less species. Don't agree with that. Don't agree. Right. There's examples of good bacteria for each one of those. Okay, there's good and bad bacteria, just like every other domain. I know. Mm -hmm. But what it seems like for the gut is that the more you want a lot. Yep, you still want a lot in the penis and the vagina as well. You want a lot of the good. Seems like when they circumcised that they went down in the biodiversity and that that was good. The the biodiversity of the harmful bacteria is what they measured. Okay, continue. Okay. Um, Also, in a study of Kenyan men, circumcision reduces ulcers by 50%. Like I was saying before, it is also safer for women. So when the penis was basically measured for its dirtiness, it is correlated with bacterial vaginosis in the female partner. So the more dirty the penis, yeah. the more likely the female is to get bacterial vaginosis. hundred percent. And much less likely to get it when the penis is circumcised. Okay, so circumcise that penis, wash it. Your partner will not get an unbalanced vagina. For one night stands, honestly, as we, as we learn more about the human microbiome, right. for one night stands, are you going to get back to the house and be like, okay, now we got to wash the mouth we're gonna wash our sexual organs and then we can copulate yeah i think that was probably the safest option i bet we're getting to that point or maybe give your partner a readout you know of your last checkup and the ph of your vagina in the clean biome dating app in clean biome dating app they're just like looking at it they're like what's on his penis you what's on his penis oh oh Oh, it's good oh oh, guess what it's a clean penis oh you have an acidic vagina perfect i love an acidic vagina that's exactly what we we want that's perfect it means that oh you have a lot of hydrogen peroxide in that vagina basic vagina no Basic vagina, no. Swipe, swipe, uh, le- what is it? Left? Which is the no? Right? God, we suck. Ugh. It's been a long time. It's been a long time since we we're out in the field. You Noah, know tell us about the future of microbes in this kind of research. Okay, so according to Ted Dinan, okay, this is his title. I don't know what the title means, but it is what it is, okay? He's the emeritus professor of psychiatry and a principal investigator in APC Microbiome Ireland at the University College Cork. That's the title. Didn't say I know what it mean. Okay. So he talks about like where microbiome research is going in the future. So one thing, Alzheimer's, alterations in gut microbiota have been seen in disorders like Alzheimer's. So like if you have Alzheimer's, you have a completely different gut microbiota. So what he, what he thinks that like people are going to research, it's not just Alzheimer's too, it's a lot of other diseases. So it's like how does gut bacteria affect or exacerbate these diseases or maybe even like be the cause of some of these diseases. Uh-huh. Which is crazy. Adam. Yeah, absolutely. If we can help solve these diseases. How, can, how is, it, is the gut is it because it's part of the immune system? It's all so there's something called the brain mi- micro body axis. Ooh, what is that? Okay. It sounds like the database of microbes. <laughs> so it's basically like the connection of your in, of microbes to your entire body. Um, and so it's like, let's just, let's just take, um, anxiety and stress. So poor gut bacteria has been, has been linked to anxiety, to anxiety and stress. And then anxiety and stress is then linked to acne. Mm -hmm. So it's like, does that all stem from your gut bacteria? Does that start at the gut bacteria or is the gut bacteria caused by this? Right. Right. So it's like, where does your microbiome fall in that entire system? Okay. And what's the, what's the research say? They don't know. That's mm-hmm. what the research says. They're still looking into it. Interesting. But it's very interesting. So diseases like Alzheimer's that we don't you know have a cure for, maybe the cure is in the gut bacteria. Maybe it's in our universe, in our little mango living in there, Adam. Depression. There's increasing evidence that a more Mediterranean diet, so such as nuts, fruits, vegetables can protect against depression through gut bacteria. How? How is that linked? They they found, they found, uh, we talked about correlation and causation. Yep. Okay. They have found a correlation between depression and the, the absence of oh, the nuts, fruits bacteria? and vegetables and, and healthy gut bacteria. Yeah, so de- but the, d- just hold on. Yeah. Depression has been correlated to unhealthy gut bacteria. Isn't that just because you aren't eating well? I mean, you're more likely to be depressed if you're not eating well. Okay. So again, that's why it's just a correlation. Hmm. Right. But he's saying that like, he wants to look into how do gut bacteria so they're going to look into how do gut bacteria affect depression and anxiety or how are they connected right okay. but the thing is like they've seen this connection across thousands of people okay so there might, might be something there there intriguing aging okay frailty in the in the elderly it coincides with a decrease in microbiome diversity wow so i talked about the gut the gut you do want to have microbiome diversity when you, when you when you get old, that bi- biodiversity in your gut, in your little mango, it shrinks. So okay. basically, can we help to stop aging by artificially increasing the diversity so in it's, the mango? It's just like a rainforest. It's like the loss of diversity kills the forest. So the loss of diversity right. on your body will help to end you sooner. Exactly. Oh, God. Right. So how can we artificially affect that mango in the gut to help with Alzheimer's, depression, and aging? whoa okay right which is crazy um and the other thing that i I already mentioned was products like mouthwash like certain soaps that have actually been really badly affecting our microbiome for years um how is this research going to affect those products and those companies okay that's interesting let's go to open kimono let's do it I think klezmer music helps my gut mango. That's microbiome. your open kimono. Yeah, I'm gonna start open kimono by saying I think klezmer music it makes me feel happy, and that might be because it affects my gut microbiome first, or maybe the happiness then affects my gut microbiome. I wonder if your my uh, your gut microbiome is dancing. Right. B- I know. I know that every time that you hold your chai mug and it gets into the sound quality of the podcast, has your my gut microbiome. Gut bio, zero, gut microbiome. I just, my my butt tenses up. Right. Guys, we didn't even grab talk it talk about about it now. Talk about We didn't even talk about We didn't even talk about butthole. Yeah. That's because we're mature. That's right. We don't right? Do That's about because that. we're mature and we stayed away from it. Yeah. I'll put it down. Do you have a real open kimono for us? Um, my open kimono is that it is crazy that the universe, the literal universe of creatures living inside of us, universe so big, it's like 10 Milky Ways. The 10 Milky Way universe living inside of us of creatures has barely ever been studied. And guess what? Turns out it has a lot to do with our health. All the all all the creatures living in us. Absolutely So I'm very excited, especially with the gut stuff, what this can tell us. Think of the human body not as a machine, but as a living, breathing like a like well, a forest. We're the rainforest. We're like the rain- literally cork of auto rainforest. We're the rainforest, and that and is the creatures living inside. Your of body us. is really like something that you want to cultivate. You're like cultivating your body to be better. You're not like yes. training it, you know, in a way. It's not like a robot, which is yeah. really interesting right. to think about. What can we do to cultivate what's in there and also interesting we didn't touch i want to touch on probiotics right yeah obviously has a lot to do with gut microbiota Mm -hmm. okay supposedly they're really good but we don't have like clinical exact evidence to know how it actually affects you okay there's lots of studies done that correlate it to health but just to show how like how early we are there's a lot of studies that correlate to health but it hasn't been like shown exactly what to do with probiotics that's why there's so many different kinds of probiotics out there right so we don't really know what to do or what probiotics gonna affect what person you want to recommend one uh i bought i bought one the other day and i don't really want to recommend it because i have no idea how it's gonna affect me i haven't taken any yet okay shout out to sarah and her boyfriend sarah we can't wait to see you for thanksgiving very excited okay you bring a boyfriend bring two boyfriends do whatever cares honestly listeners we love you shout out to your gut biomes. Take care of your gut biomes and your mouth biomes. What's your home? Remember your homework fiber. Keep that vagina acidic. Keep that that, that penis clean. Keep that penis clean. Keep that vagina acidic. Eat some fiber. Guys, you can find us on any podcasting network. If you listen to a few episodes and you love the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes, the five-star kind, and it really helps us. Thanks so much, guys. We love you. We'll see you you next time. See you.